I'm David Heitler Clevens. And I'm Rodney Wittenberg. And this is Music for the New Revolution. You will not be Freedom of choice! God has lodged a tenant in my uterus. Ave Maria! Cada dia! Every sperm does not deserve a name. No. Fired up. Ain't gonna take it no more. Never turning back. Never turning back. And we are back. And we are here. Hello, yes. everybody. Finally getting to an episode on uh, pro-choice and uh, uh, abortion rights-related songs and discussion. And it is very timely. And... Uh, Wow, I, I, I just can't believe, although it seemed inevitable, what's going on in our country right now or, or with the people trying to turn back Roe v. Wade and uh, the law of the land that women have a right to choose. Yes, and you know, so we're here in this situation where Texas and a number of other states have passed these incredibly extreme uh, restrictions on abortion to the point where it really, if this is upheld by the Supreme Court, would be the end of abortion rights, the end of, of Roe being the, the law of the land. And it's felt like we were getting close to this for a, a very long time. But I actually think there's there's one little bit of, of hope in me about this. It's, it's such a stark and such an awful time. But um, in a way, I think some of the smarter people in the right wing realize that once they actually do this, once they actually get what they've been saying they want all this time, that it's actually not going to be good for them. Mm -hmm. uh, because they've been able to get a lot of people to vote against their own self-interests, particularly on this issue, but just because they won't support Democrats and they'll support Republicans because they're anti-choice. Mm -hmm. Once they actually so-called win, they don't have that anymore. Uh, and I think actually it could be very bad for them and that people on our side of things will be much more galvanized. That's my little bit of optimism. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I hope so, David, but I don't know. I, I kind of, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I just feel a lot of frustration and anger. And uh, I, I remember my civics class and uh, – and my history class, and I, I seem to believe America was supposed to be a place where there was separation of church and state, and with that meaning that um, you know you can you are free to believe what you want to believe, but you are not free to inflict your belief on me or someone else, and um, and you know a choice is. Uh, uh, making that decision from what I understand from some women that I spoke to, both who are on either side of this issue, it is very, very, very difficult. It's a very, mm. very difficult and personal choice that no one, no sane person makes lightly. And I, I say that because, yeah, there are those stories that you hear of maybe someone using it as contraception or, you know, there, are, you know, for every, every, uh, thing that's out there for every um, cause or story or, or, or thing. I don't know how else to say it. There is some extreme story that someone can dig up to, and try and make that be the norm. But 
The norm, that is not the norm. The norm are, these are women who are having to make very, very difficult choices. And at least they are at option to make that choice. And it just feels like low hanging fruit to go after them. Yeah. Well, and also I think there's a lot of ways if, if you, you know, if, if what you're concerned about is that, that you want to stop abortion, there's a number of things that you could do that would actually be effective at, at reducing the number of abortions. And none of those things are things that the anti-choice movement has supported, Mm -hmm. you know, sex education, uh, birth control, uh, you know, all, all these things that actually work helping low income women, all the, all these things actually work, but those are not the things they support. What Mm -hmm. they support is a punitive criminal. And this Texas thing is incredibly punitive. And the whole Mm -hmm. idea of letting people, individual citizens sue and have their court costs paid by Mm -hmm the uh, person that they sue. I mean, it's just the most draconian, most extreme thing that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that means it can be defeated because it's just so ridiculous. But with this Supreme court, there's no guarantee of that. It's, it seems mm-hmm. very unlikely that they will, you know, um, right. strike it down, but it, it's, it's very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that, you know, I often like to point out is that it, for all the protestations of the anti-choice movement about it being about life, they make it very clear that that's not really what they're about. And one of the big ways they make that clear is the fact that they're going after women mm-hmm. and they don't, don't do anything about men who obviously have a very important role in, uh, uh, you know, uh, creating those unwanted yeah. pregnancies, but there's never a single thought about how uh, to, you know, affect their behavior. Mm-hmm. It's all about controlling women's, Right. Uh, bodies and controlling women's sexuality. And I think that that becomes really clear when you see how they go about trying to do it. Yeah. Yes, indeed, David. But uh, mm-hmm. so let's get to some songs that uh, that's why we're here. Yes. Uh, the- and it's a tricky subject. It's a tricky subject in all ways to discuss, but it's, I think, one of the most tricky ones for people to write. Uh, good songs about, but there are a lot of really amazing songs that have been written uh, that get into the complexity and the nuance of this issue mm-hmm. of abortion rights, of of, of pro-choice uh, mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. So um, what's the very first thing we're going to hear, Rodney? Uh, Annie DeFranco's song, Lost Woman Song. Yeah, and that's a very early one from her, mm-hmm. like one of her first yeah. albums had that on it, I think. And then right after that... And then we're going to hear Kim Wallach talk a little bit about Uh, how she met Bob Blue and wrote the song Freedom to Choose with him. Another woman, 
come near me I wish his shoulder wasn't touching mine I am growing older waiting in this line but some of life's best lessons I learned at the worst time and under the fierce fluorescent she offered her hand for me to hold she offered stability and calm and I was crushing her palm through the pinch pole wincing on my smile unconvincing on that sterile battlefield that sees only casualties never heroes my heart hit absolute zero And that clinic since been closed They keep pounding their fists on reality Hoping it will break But you know what, I don't think there's one of them That leads a life free of a contradance cruise in Boston Harbor set up by Todd Whittemore, who ran the Thursday night dances. And in the middle of the cruise, there's in the middle of any dance, there's always a break. Um, Todd and I had been working on some yodeling duets and we did one. And Bob, I think, thought it was an open mic. So he got up and sat down at the piano and started to play and sing. And in a matter of seconds, people went from thinking, who is this guy and how do we tell him this isn't an open mic to, oh my God, that's the best song I ever heard. And that was, I think, the first public performance of the Ballad of Erica Levine. So I went up to Bob right after that and I said, that's the best song I ever heard. I have to learn it. Oh, by the way, my name is Kim. And he introduced himself and we became friends. He was a second grade teacher in the town of Wellesley and a parent of two young girls who he loved with all his heart. And I think he was newly divorced and living in Somerville. And I was living on the other side of the hill in Somerville. And we were both children's musicians and songwriters and contra dancers and Jewish. So that gave us a lot of commonality. We were never romantically involved, but um, it was a good friendship. And um, 
Anyway, I had a couple of other friends, Lou Killen and Margaret Osika, who were studying massage and needed people to practice on, which is always great. And I was over there getting practiced on, and Margaret worked at Planned Parenthood, and she was frothing. She said a woman she had passed every day on a picket line protesting abortion had come in with her daughter, insisting that her daughter, her teenage daughter, get an abortion. And Margaret couldn't say anything. She just, you know, went through the counseling procedures, but inside she was furious that this woman who wanted abortion to be illegal was then insisting that her own daughter get an abortion. And her passion and also the ironies of the story really struck me. And I must have talked to Bob right after that and said, I have this great idea for a song. Listen to this story. Well, Bob also was <laughs> inflamed by the story, um, but he he didn't put off sitting down to write as I had. And um, I came in from having been out and checked the messages on the answering machine. And there was Bob's voice singing pretty much the entire song of Freedom to Choose. Um, and I had very mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, it was great. And he had written it in a way that I don't think I could have. I know I couldn't have. Bob's way of um, giving people names and histories and personalities and and then his particular ability to rhyme names and to put in details, to imagine the details of people's lives. That was just exquisite. So I think um, I helped shape the melody, and I know that um, he had he had written, it's a problem more simply prevented than solved. And I said, you know, it isn't necessarily a problem, but it definitely is a conflict. And he agreed. I may have made minor grammatical changes, but pretty much the story came from Margaret to me to Bob. And Bob wrote the song and I made minor editorial changes just so that I would feel like I had done something. But it would have been a great song anyway. So that's the story of how Freedom to Choose came to be written. Thanks. In a clinic on Main Street in Washingtonville, lost in thought by a window stood Mary McGill. When her eyes met the eyes of a woman outside, was it rain on her glasses or tears she had cried? Outside on the picket line, Rosemary Flynn felt the rain on her face and the anger within. As she stared at that face inside, gentle and warm, that seemed almost to beckon her in from the storm. And the two women found themselves staring a while, recognition, awareness, but never a smile. And there seemed to be some kind of truce in that stare until Rosemary Flynn recalled why she was there. 
Then she held up her sign that said, Thou shalt not kill, and she pointed directly at Mary McGill. And Mary McGill, before starting to turn, gave a nod to acknowledge Rosemary's concern. That day Mary counseled a child named Michelle, who tried hard to seem calm in her personal hell. Mary spoke to Michelle with the tone of a friend, and her gentleness brought Michelle's calm to an end. Michelle told her story with pain hard to hide, of her mother and John and the new life inside. She had meant to show love, she had meant no one harm, but her mother felt anger and John felt alarm. But the new life inside was a life, it was real, with a brain and a heartbeat she thought she could feel. And she wanted that child, she would love it so well, she would build it a heaven to make up for this hell. But she'd end the new life for her mother and John. I'll do it, Michelle said, for my mother and John. These words had an emptiness Mary saw through. If you do it, said Mary, please do it for you. Michelle looked at Mary through the pain and the tears, and Mary saw all of Michelle's sixteen years, and she thought she saw something of several years more, or perhaps she had seen Michelle's face once before. Michelle only murmured the words, I don't know, and she stood, and she turned, and she started to go. And Mary made one last request of Michelle with her parting words, take time to think this out well. That night Michelle's mother stormed into the place, not hiding her anger, yet hiding her face. My daughter came here with a purpose, she said, not to have you put foolish ideas in her head. She's too young, she's a girl, and the father's a boy, and she thinks that a baby is some kind of toy. Your job was to teach her, to straighten her out, not confuse her, and send her home riddled with doubt. My job, explained Mary, was not to confuse, but to make her aware of her freedom to choose. My job is to make sure the options are known. You are right, she is young, but her life is her own. Then Mary saw something in this woman's face and remembered the person, the time, and the place. This woman had labeled abortion a sin, the face in the picket line, Rosemary Flynn. People often accuse and are quick to condemn when the issue is safe or does not affect them. I don't envy the job facing Mary McGill. I don't know all the meanings of thou shalt not kill. It's a conflict more simply prevented than solved, but the choice must belong to the woman involved. And I think that the answers come not from above, but from us and our consciences, tempered with love. Wow. I really think that is one of the best 
songs about this topic. Um, mm-hmm. Bob yeah. Lou and Kim Wallach wrote. It's just mm-hmm. a very, very powerful story song. I think that's often a good way. We've we've come up with that idea many, many times on this uh, mm-hmm. podcast that that telling true stories, telling people stories, is often the most effective way mm-hmm. to you know delve into these issues and. Yeah. That that song is just uh, such a, a powerful one. That um, that idea that some of the very people who campaign to make abortion illegal, when the issue affects them personally, actually want their daughter to get an abortion, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, so that again, bringing out the hypocrisy of people sometimes in the movement, and um, I, I, it's just a. a you know, and as Kim mentioned, it that was based on a a, a very uh, real situation that inspired mm-hmm. them to write that song. Right. Wow. So we're gonna switch gears here a little bit, and we're gonna look at um, songs about women dying from illegal abortions, which uh, takes us back pre um, Roe v. Wade. Although, who knows? that could be happening right now. In fact, I remember seeing an article where it was, there was uh, some kind of um, uptick in Texas where there were illegal abortions happening. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's partly why we want to highlight this in this episode is that even though it's thinking of things that happened more in the past, it's the specter of it happening again mm-hmm. uh, if we do entirely overturn row and and that's already happening in these states that are you know having these incredibly restrictive laws like Texas mm-hmm. um and it's a reminder to us also that you know of course women of a certain class are always going to be able to get safe abortions they're always going to be able to cross state lines or even international boundaries uh you know mm-hmm. to to do that but it, it's it's the low income women in particular that always mm-hmm. suffer when these restrictions are passed mm-hmm Yes, yeah, so um, let's take a listen to um, Cindy Lauper's song co-written with Mary Chapin Carpenter, and this one's called Sally's Pigeons. And that'll lead into David Byrne's song, uh, Lilies of the Valley, that was on a Just Say Row compilation once. When I was eight, I had a friend with a pirate smile. Make believe and play pretend we were innocent and wild Hop the fence and slam the gate Running down my alleyway In time to watch Sally's pigeons fly We love to watch them Dive and soar, circle in the sky. Free as a bird from three to four, and never knowing why. Neighbors pull their wash back in, put away my Barbie can. Look out overhead while Sally's pigeons fly.
the boy next door She had her eye across the street on someone shy and tall We lived our dreams and challenged fate Until she told me she was late And Sally led his pigeons up to fly On the dresser sits a frame With a photograph Two little girls in ponytails Some 21 years back She left one night with just a nod Was lost from some back at job I closed my eyes and Sally's pigeons fly She never saw those birds She had complications There's nothing very strange about that None said We can't kill that baby We'll have to let your mother die And we are all just Crowded on this boat. Need someone to bail some water. We're gonna keep this thing afloat.
So some of the most of the songs we've been playing so far are not that new. Um, you know, they're they're from previous decades. But um, the next one we're going to do is a quite new song from Emma's Revolution, Pat Humphreys and Sandy Opatow. I am a woman, and uh, it's you know they're so good at creating new material that really speaks to the issues of the day. They're just consistently uh, writing wonderful songs uh, about what's happening now and uh that's why we play them so often on music for (laughs) the new revolution yay so let's take a listen to emma's revolution i am a woman hey this is sandy o from emma's revolution coming to you on music for the new revolution women's bodies have long been a battleground for the gop and the religious right to fuel the flames of their most rabid supporters But we won't go back to the days of back-alley abortions. Women and our allies must do all we can to maintain and expand reproductive justice in this country and in every state. Enough is enough. Here in this body, I am a woman to my soul. With hips, wrists, and belly that you try to control 
Abortion is not the topic where you would expect to find a lot of humor. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But not there's always funny songs about anything, right, Rodney? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter how dark or how serious a topic is. Songwriters will often find some way to do satire and and stuff. And uh, and you probably noticed in the little montage we had at the very beginning that there were some very funny songs like "Every yes. Sperm Does Not Deserve a Name" and. Uh, God has lodged a, uh, a baby in my uterus or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so very odd well, and strange. So we're, yeah. the next couple are going to be uh, taking that humorous approach. Yes. And uh, thank goodness these, these, these songs have not caused these artists to be canceled in right. our current situation of cancel culture. So uh, uh, we're going to play you... Uh, some songs that are going to push it a little bit. Here we go with uh, Dig- Diggable Planets, La Femme Fatale. And then Dave Lipman's recording of a song by the late uh, Carol Rose Livingston, Friend of the Fetus. And you'll hear Dave talk a- briefly about that before you hear that song. It was 
was 8.49 on a beautiful night day of July. There was not a cloud to speak of, so the orange sun hung lonely in the sky. I lay prone in my cabby home, thinking of fine nappy Jackie and his jazz cat's horn. Sliding in a tape of bird on bird when suddenly rang my phone. Hey, butterfly, the voice said, slip on some duds, comb out your fro, and slide on down to my pad. The vibe here is very pleasant, and I truly request your presence. A problem of great magnitude has arose, and as we speak it grows. Damn, what could it be, I thought, a juice I bought, and rolled on down to her spot. Seeing bros I know slapping fives, I arrived and pressed G5. And there was Nikki, looking some kind of sad, with tears falling from her eyes. She sat me down, and dug my frown, and began to run it down. You remember my boyfriend said, that fly kid who I love? Well, our love was often a verb, and spontaneity has brought a third. But due to our youth and economic state, we wish to terminate. About this we don't feel great, but baby, that's how it is. But the feds have dissed me, they ignored and dismissed me. The pro-lifers harassed me outside the clinic and called me a murderer. Now that's hate. So needless to say, we're in a mental state of debate. Hey, beautiful bird, I said, digging her somber mood. The fascists are some heavy dudes. They don't really give a damn about life. They just don't want a woman to control her body or have the right to choose. But baby, that ain't nothing. They just want a male finger on the button. Because if you say war, they will send them to die by the score. Aborting mission should be your volition. But if Suda and Thomas have their way, you'll be standing in line unable to get welfare while they'll be out hunting and fishing. It has always been around. It will always have a niche. But they'll make it a privilege, not a right, accessible only to the rich. Hey, pro-lifers need to dig themselves, because life don't stop after birth. And for a child born to the unprepared, it might even just get worse. The situation would surely change if they were to find themselves in it. Supporters of the H-bomb and firebombing clinics. What type of shit is that? Orwellian, in fact. If Roe v. Wade was overturned, would not the desire remain intact? Leaving young girls to risk their health, doctors to botch and watch as they kill themselves. Now, I hate to sound macabre, but hey, isn't it my job to lay it on the masses and get them off their asses to fight against these fashions? So, whatever you decide, make that move with pride. Sid will be there and so will I. An insect till I die. Rhythms and sounds spinning around. Confrontations across the nation. Your block, my block, dreadlocks. What a shock. Land of the free. But not me. Not me. Not me. This is Dave Lippman. I used to sing this song as George Shrub, the singing CIA agent from the Committee to Intervene Anywhere. Carol Rose Livingston, the writer of the song, told me she was very happy to have a man singing the song as it was just that sarcastic. I am no friend of 
friend to the fathers and mothers And I am no friend to the sisters and brothers And I am no friend to the weak and distressed And I am no friend to the poor and oppressed But I'm a friend of the fetus A friend of incomparable worth I'm a friend of the fetus Right up to the moment of birth Once it's a baby I will not go near it I will not feed it And I will not rear it And when it is crying I won't even hear it For I have no room in my heart For a human But I'm a friend of the fetus A friend of incomparable worth I'm a friend of the fetus Right up to the moment of birth I will not care for it I won't be there for it I will not weep for it I won't lose sleep for it I'll back away from it I won't go gray from it I will not pray for it And I won't pay for it But I'm a friend of the fetus a friend of incomparable worth, not comparable. I'm a friend of the fetus, right up to the moment of birth. Let it get a job, right up to the moment of birth. So we're going to end up with a couple more uh, pretty new, pretty recent songs. Mm-hmm. Um, first, a song that Ellie Winninger sent us as a demo originally, but she's re-recorded it more recently. And she wrote it after Alabama passed a very restrictive uh, abortion law mm-hmm. a few years ago. I think it might have been 2019. And now she's updated it a little bit. Um, and she'll introduce that as well. And then we have uh, Pierce Freelon with My Body featuring Rizzy Palmer. Yeah, and that's a great example of a song that's actually meant for kids. You would not think that we would be playing a song written for children in an episode about abortion, but I think that song, My Body, uh, that Pierce wrote, is a really great uh, pro-choice song for kids. It doesn't get specific about uh, that issue, but it is uh, you know, at the heart of the idea. My body's nobody's body but mine was an old Peter Alsop song, and this is kind mm-hmm. of an updated modern version of that concept. Uh, It's a totally original song for Pierce. Mm. Hi, this is Ellie Winninger from Woodstock, New York. I wrote Alabama Blues in 2019 when that state enacted some very, very restrictive abortion laws. And it's on my new album, The Blues Never End. Since then, I've had to update it because the situation has actually gotten much worse for women's reproductive health. And now when I sing this song, instead of singing Stuck Here with the Alabama Blues, I sing Stuck in Texas with the Alabama Blues. Wish I told my mama before I began to show. I wish I'd had the gumption to just pack a bag and go. Now I'm stuck here in this stinking state where a woman cannot choose. 
done to me He'd say it was a lie And I'd look like a bad girl With nothing left to lose Stuck here with these Alabama blues is Pierce Freelon. I am a children's musician and a public official. I am a member of Durham City Council and I want to talk about my song, My Body. My Body is a song that is about consent culture, creating consent culture, which is something that's really important to teach to kids. Uh, teaching them words like consent, teaching them um, ideas like body autonomy, letting them know they have body autonomy and power over their own bodies. That's something I want young people to know at a very young age. So I want to give a special shout out to Worthy Women NC who created a, a brand called Create Consent Culture, and they were really the inspiration for this song. And my creative collaborator, Reese Palmer, who wrote this song with me. And I hope young people and older folks take it to heart. Your body is your body, no one else's. My wounds 
loose. You want a hug, just ask and see if it's cool. A high five or a squeeze, they can be alright. But if I'm not in the mood, then that's just fine. If I feel good, I say so. But when I don't, I can say no. Freelon with my body featuring Rizzy Palmer. And, um, you know, uh, there's always an election coming up and they matter. And if you are someone out there who um, believes that we should have the right to choose, remember to go and vote. Excellent. Yes, that is very, very true. And uh, and actually, in this day and age, you may want to be extra sure that you're still on the rolls because uh, a certain party that I won't even name mm-hmm. has been uh, drastically removing people from uh, the, the voting rolls in places like Wisconsin, et cetera. So, you know, you might want to double and triple check that you're going to actually be allowed to vote when you get to your polling place on Election Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Music for the New Revolution. 
I'm Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler-Clevens. Music for the New Revolution is recorded at Melody Vision Recording Studios and produced, written, and edited by David Heitler-Clevens and Rodney Wittenberg. And special thanks to our interns from Oberlin College, Valerie Kellner and Julian Worth. You can find us at musicforthenewrevolution.com or MFTNR. Like us on Facebook and follow our Spotify playlist. And our podcasts can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. And you can also be a patron, a supporter of our podcast on Patreon. This is Music for the New Revolution. Tell all the children in the arms of the mamas, the FBI.